0: Hey guys, this is not Brandon Lewis of the Big 7. I'm actually Steve Abramowitz, the host of the Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast. Check it out anywhere you get your podcast fix. I'm filling in for Brandon on this week's edition of the Big 7. Happy to do it. You Rumble viewers uh, of my show may recognize me from the monthly Let's Go Brandon segment we do with your favorite conservative news provider, Brandon Lewis. For your audio only listeners on Spotify and iTunes, think... John Wick on the top, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson on the bottom for me. Just kidding. Nobody has as much time to spend in the gym as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so think Sly Stallone in Rocky Four. Before we get into the stories, I just want to remind you to fight big tech and subscribe to the Tennessee Conservative free daily newsletter. Just go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit the subscribe now button or text NEWS to 423-205-5600. And follow the Tennessee Conservative on Twitter, Gab, Getter, Truth, Rumble, and MeWe. You'll notice YouTube is not there because they will censor. You really need to. I get so much of my show's content and research done from Brandon and Jason Vaughn, the brains behind the muscle of this operation. And really, where else are you going to get truth? The Tennessean? Please. Okay, now on with the stories. Parties opposed to release of Covenant school shooting records to present arguments at upcoming hearing. Now, why would they need to argue anything? Why don't they just do it? Aren't we about truth? After a status conference regarding the release of records from the Covenant school shooting, a judge has now decided that those wishing to intervene in the lawsuit against Metro Government of Nashville and Davidson County will be allowed to do so. A national chancellor ruled that the Covenant School, Covenant Presbyterian Church, and Covenant Parents may present arguments against the release of documents at a show cause hearing schedule for June 8th. Now folks, if they had nothing to hide, why would they want to do this? Why would they present arguments to not release it? We know in the vacuum that they're just going to create conspiracy theories and all kinds of out-of-state stuff. Just let it out. We know the Child was troubled, did a terrible thing. What are they doing? Back to the story. Both the school and the church say releasing the records may put students and staff at risk. Can they be at more risk than they already were with somebody with like a thousand rounds on their back? Due to the sharing of security plans or that copycat perpetrators will use the information to commit similar crimes. What now? I mean, haven't we seen this in Florida and California? They don't need a manifesto or 13 diaries to figure out what to do in order to commit copycat crimes. They just do insane things because they're on drugs. All right. Parents say that releasing the documents could cause their children more trauma, more trauma than seeing their classmates killed. These kids were nine years old. Very frustrating. Sorry, I'm getting animated here. Attorneys for all those seeking the release of the records will also present arguments at the show cause hearing on June 8th. Are those attorneys working pro bono? Are they not charging per hour? I sure hope not, because this is some serious civic stuff. And I certainly hope the state's not paying for it. Metro Legal says there are several exceptions to the Tennessee Public Records Act that would prevent the city from releasing the documents. Well, you know, the Attorney General Scrimetti was on my show and he said he'd like to see it too. So if that's the case, the city is a messed up place. Senator Todd Gardenhire, one of Brandon's favorites, one of the plaintiffs requesting the release of the writings and other documents, wishes to have the information to help in the drafting of legislation before Governor Bill Lee's special session slated for August 21st. Ah, there's always a political angle, money and politics, two things that just should not be when it's coming to freedom of information. The plaintiffs have argued that the city's expectations do not apply in the case. I'm sorry, the exceptions do not apply in the case due to the shooter being killed by law enforcement and also because there's no pending criminal prosecution. Wouldn't it be nice to see Governor Lee come out and give those two guys a medal? They're the heroes of the story, the Tennessee too. They stopped a lot more killing that could have happened, but no, we don't hear a word. The attorney for the Tennessean, and Gardenhire wrote that the intervention motions have a chilling effect on the exercise of First Amendment rights. Well, that's true. Next story. I don't know if that came through on the video, but I threw a piece of paper because Brandon does that. Tennessee committee extends and increases Pearson testing contract by $40 million. That's your $40 million, people. The legislature's Joint Fiscal Review Committee voted last week to tack on another year for British-based NCS. They couldn't find a Tennessee company. They couldn't find an American company. British-based NCS Pearson to administer Tennessee Ready, TN Ready, and increase the total contract to $132 million from $93 million. People, our kids in third grade are getting held back because they have to take a faulty test. Our kids can't read. What in the world are they spending $132 million on for Tennessee Ready? From a British based NCS Pearson. Okay, let's read more. Maybe we'll find out. The state lauded results of the Tennessee Comprehensive Achievement Program after 40% of third graders scored well enough to be considered proficient by the state in reading. 40%? What about the 60% that aren't? Up from 32%. Oh, well, that's good. 8% better two years ago during COVID. Yet the 60% of third graders who aren't reading on grade level by the state standards. State standards have a problem. They're a little too low, don't you think? Could be required to go to summer school, take tutoring in the fourth grade, or a combination of both. Oh, that's fantastic for those parents who are just trying to work and put food on the table with inflation, et cetera, et cetera. But we did get that tax holiday from Governor Lee for, what was it, two months? Otherwise, they could be forced to repeat the third grade. Well, we saw that. Uh, one kid missed it by one point and has to take it again. What a waste. Bummer Summer. All right, back to the story. Critics of the state law have been hammering the Republican-controlled legislature. I don't know if that's Republican-controlled anymore if they act like this. Arguing students shouldn't be judged based on part of a score from one test. Oh, opponents of the law also contended it is part of the bigger plan to privatize K-12 education. Maybe whatever they're doing now isn't working. Might as well privatize it. And, you know, even the California school district, both Uni- University of and the state of California, have done away with SAT and ACT. If they're that bad, you think this third grade test is any better? Probably not. And it is even American. It's British. What are they learning about? Pre-revolutionary war stuff? States said, I'd like to see the test. Has anyone seen the test? Jason, you guys should do a big report on the actual test. I bet it's like lame. All right. State Senator Paul Rose tried to deflect some of the criticism when he asked an education department official to explain how teachers are involved in every step of the test development. Teachers are engaged at several points in putting together the test, including deciding how students should perform on different parts of the test. Hmm. Is there any wit and wisdom in that? Any CRT? Any Planned Parenthood stuff? Who knows? A committee of teachers... In each subject area also reviews every item that makes the test. Hmm, The same teachers that can't teach the kids to read. Interesting. Rose said, the point is teachers have been involved in this. And I think that's an important fact for our citizens to know that teachers have been involved. Oh, I feel so much better knowing how great these teachers are. I live in Williamson County. They are great teachers. But there are some counties out there that really are not doing a very good job. I'd like to know who those teachers are, what they teach, what their curriculum is every day, and what the kids are supposed to know and if it's even worth knowing. J.C. Bowman, executive director of Professional Educators of Tennessee, argued that the testing process was mishandled because it put too much emphasis on the end-of-year test without giving teachers and administrators a sample at the beginning of the year showing where students stand academically. Yeah, and they made these kids who had their whole city wiped out from a hurricane or a tornado, what, a month ago, take the test, and they hadn't even had a schoolhouse for two months. Unbelievable. And we've done it to make test manufacturers wealthy, Bowman said. Ah, follow the money. That's the way it goes. Pretty sad state of affairs, in my opinion. I don't know if these legislators are the ones to be handling this this, uh, this education stuff. We got a problem here in Tennessee, and it needs to be fixed. And you're only going to hear about it at the Tennessee Conservative News. You will not hear about that in any of the mainstream media, especially Channel 5. The next story. There, that one I saw. Um, oh, my Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast now has a host for the Mill Creek View, Washington and the Mill Creek View, Florida podcast. So you can get all kinds of stories that you won't get anywhere else from other states doing the same type of thing as long as it is a center right or as the Tennessean called me, conservative advocacy podcast. You want stories like that? Tune into that. We're on Rumble. You can see us. You can see this Dwayne Johnson Keanu Reeves combo, and you can hear from some amazing guests. I've had Riley Gaines on. I've had Joey Bright. I've had Marsha Blackburn. I've had all your favorite Tennessee conservative names and our world today, and I love doing it, and you can come on there and check it out, and uh, we'd love to have you, and subscribe. All right. Next story. Establishment Republicans weaponize organization bylaws in attempt to isolate slash punish grassroots victors huh to the victors go the spoil or no good deed goes unpunished that's what i would have said in my newspaper mcview.us according to sources if you are a new member of the recently reimagined williamson county gop ge reimagined how funny is that uh that is such a left-wing talking point reimagine we're gonna reimagine identity and sexuality anyway uh god figured that out a long time ago Back to the story. Sorry Jason, I'm probably making you crazy over there. Williamson County GOP CEC or anyone who has been actively participating in local co- conservative grassroots for the past few years such as hmm Moms for Liberty, I've had both of them on, both Tiffany Justice and Robin Steenman from Williamson County or Tennessee Stands, Gary Humble, he was my first guest on my show. You can go back and listen in the library. You would be considered less of a welcome attendee and more of an intruder to local events hosted by establishment Republicans. So much for the big tent. Remember that? Anyone ever heard of the big tent? Republicans in Tennessee, they like a little tiny tent where they control everything, including the money for the past year. Several, you know what you call that? Actually, that's a Dixie crack. but there are Republicans in 2023 in Tennessee. All right. They're not going to come on my show anymore. I'm just doing this for Brandon. Don't, don't blame me. I do. I'm more neutral. Yeah. Right. For the past year, several people have been rejected, shamed, siloed, and simply canceled for participating in any events that are operated by establishment Republican leadership at the helm of these organizations. The effort to isolate the grassroots has seemed to amplify since the April 18th reorganization of the Williamson County GOP. That's my GOP. I can't even run in this county, not that I would, for years because I don't have Uh, voting records that transferred from my old state because it's private. They won't send it out. That's the secret ballot. Whatever happened to the right to privacy. Correspondence between the leadership of the Republican women of Williamson County and several individuals applying for membership or just simply trying to purchase a ticket for one of the events that are advised on advertised on their social medias as an all are welcome kind of event show that they were rejected for inclusion due to violations of the bylaws used by that organization, but them and their kids are allowed to go to any all ages drag show if they want, as long as they don't tell the authorities to put these violations in context. The correspondence plainly stated that because the potential attender or member has either affiliated with local grassroots or have expressed a public opinion on their social media that they disagreed with the county GOP or any of their auxiliary organizations then the bylaws can be applied to those acts and therefore disqualify them from participating in any of the functions offered by those organizations. They don't even want your money, people. That's how bad they are. This correspondence essentially exposes a use of the poorly written bylaws as a weapon to exclude and isolate grassroots members who are trying to participate in events and groups that are branded as Republican. Well, I guess they would be called Republicans because they're certainly not a democracy. That's not how it's supposed to work but are rejected because they aren't the right kind. Is that discrimination? Can we sue? Hmm. With the expansion of populist politics within the conservative movement due to their resonance with the voter base in Tennessee, oh, the voter base, forgot about them. Many believe that these organizations would do better to try and unify the base rather than deepen what appears to already be a profound division. You think Next story. That one makes me mad because I can't even, I don't even know why I got a driver's license. I can't vote. Tennessee, one of the worst states for military retirees. New report says, I'm not sure about this. Jason, you verify. I think I gave Brandon this story. I think I found that in my news research and I threw this out there because it's important people. These are our veterans. These are the people we just celebrated on Memorial Day who died and their families. And of course, our active duty folks right now. All right, I'm getting heated. You can pick some hard ones for me, Jason. I'm... I'm getting mad, Tennessee ranks as one of the worst states in the nation for military retirees. Remember the volunteer state? What were they volunteering for? And this is how we're treating them, according to a recent report published by the personal finance website WalletHub. The report compared all fifty states and the District of Columbia, <clears throat> which God help us if it ever becomes a state, using a set of twenty-eight metrics, including veterans per capita to the number of VA health facilities, oh, the VA, and job opportunities for vets. The volunteer state ranked 43rd overall, 43rd overall, showing poor, this is the reddest of red states, but the 43rd overall for veterans showing poorly in quality of life, 48th, that means there's only two states worse, And and if you throw in DC, I'm sure it's bad too, and healthcare, did you know that Arlington Cemetery is full? They have to find more areas now for Arlington. That's how many people have sacrificed their lives. That was General Lee's land. They stole from him, put all of our veterans who died there. And uh, this is what we do to the ones that are alive. If they're not on the streets, hooked on meth, unfortunately. Um, And healthcare, 40th. This state has so many healthcare employees. You would think that they would want the customers that were veterans, but no. However... It fared better in economic environment, ranked 16th. Oh, that's nice. So we're economically top 10%, I think 12%, but we're at the worst for handling uh, our vets. Does that mean that our priorities are wrong with our profits? Can't wait to do those choice lanes and see where that money goes. Wallet Hub analyst Jill Gonzalez said, Tennessee is the ninth worst state for military retirees. It has a low funding amount, of of contracts from the Department of Defense, oh, those guys, at less than $300 per capita. $300? You can't go to Kroger's for one night at th- for less than $300. That's all they get? The state also ranked fourth lowest for quality of life, ouch, mainly due to the small number of VA benefits, administration facilities per number of veterans, the small number of mental health counselors per capita, we probably don't even need any more of those, it can, you know, hand out books, was another important factor. It's one book, at least the Bible, was another important factor that contributed to Tennessee's overall low ranking. Ah, can't read, can't retire as a vet. Tennessee's got issues. But you can work it forward. The report also showed red states ranked about nine places higher than blue states on average. The report ranked Florida, South Carolina, Virginia, Minnesota, and Connecticut as the best states for retired military personnel. Hmm, let's think about that. Florida, Sunshine State, South Carolina, uh, Tim Scott, and Lindsey Graham, not so sure. Virginia, oh, that was the state of presidents. They got Yunkin in there to fix the schools. Minnesota, no, that's a communist state. And Connecticut, oh, God, help them uh something we could easily surpass those by just making a few simple changes and one of them would be help the veterans uh, the worst were oregon yeah that's not even a state washington dc not a state nevada run by the unions and the mob mississippi that's sad they should be better and vermont well bernie sanders can fix that no worries
1: all right guys listen i don't have my props but props to you <laughs> who do give to the Tennessee conservative. Um, I got a chance to speak at Calvary Chapel, which is my church, uh, and got uh, to host Gary uh, and Andrea, his beautiful wife uh, and lovely children for two days at Casa de Lewis here uh, at the house. Uh, If you want to, you can stay here for several thousand dollars and actually sit in the chair that Gumble, that (laughs) Gumble, that Gary Humble sat in. It's kind of like sleeping at the, uh, the lodge uh, that George Washington stayed. You know, Gary Humble stayed here. Uh, you can come here. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, I spoke at Calvary Chapel and Gary came over to the house, which was lots of fun. And we went to Rock City and uh, had a few good meals and just got to, got to experience one another's company, uh, got to get his, to know his wife a lot better and his kids a lot better, just have some darling children. And our kids had a great time. Ruby and Luke just played and played and played. They're both almost the exact same age. Um, And as I was there, uh, one thing that I talked to conservatives about at that event, uh, one thing that they could do to make a big, huge difference in government in Tennessee is to budget time and money to do things that are actually effective. And one of those things is is to give. You should be setting aside X amount of dollars every month to support conservative causes, candidates, organizations. It doesn't have to be mine, but buddy. Buddy. I always tell people, I can tell if you're a conservative or not by looking at your checkbook. You show me your checkbook, you show me your online statement. If there's no money going to anything like that, it's a problem. You know why? Because the left-leaning corporations and the liberals pump money into the political process all day long. Our candidates, even at the presidential level, are consistently underfunded. And that's because conservative Christians set it home with their wallets. So guys, do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. And if you give any amount, we will send you uh, a proud... No, we're going to send you a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. I don't have my props. We will send you a uh, uh, Don't Feed the Rhinos bumper sticker. Uh, If you give any amount, along with a directory of all of your critters that are up in Nashville, Uh, those that are changing around a little bit with the Tennessee 2 and Scotty Campbell. It's a little bit in flux, but we update that puppy. We update that puppy as as they go in and out uh, based upon various uh, ethics complaints and poor behavior. Uh, which uh, you know, But they're trying to cover that up with old Campbell, so that's good. Maybe we could just gloss over all that stuff. Uh, but if you give $50 or more, or if you give a $10 recurring donation or more, we'll also send you this proud uh, Tennessee conservative tumbler. No, it's actually now a stop feeding the rhinos tumbler, and we will send you a proud Tennessee conservative koozie. Boy, it sure is a lot easier to do this with props, but I think Jason is putting the images up there, so hopefully that will help you.
0: Next! story. Am I allowed to keep going or am I fired already? All right. Governor Lee responds to call to cancel special session on gun legislation. Huh. Maybe he should have thought of that before he even went out there and made these poor guys travel from all ends of the earth. You know, there's two time zones in Tennessee and these guys are expected to come in the heat of summer, which I call the fifth season, Hell's Porch, uh, into Nashville to meet to talk about this that nobody really wants. Last week, Rep. Brian Ritchie, he's been on my show, he's amazing, actually he was on my show before he was sworn in, wrote a letter addressed to Governor Bill Lee, who probably didn't read it, calling on him to cancel the special session on gun control currently set for August. I hope the air conditioning works, although that's not environmentally friendly, so who knows. The letter was signed by several Tennessee lawmakers, but was quickly disowned by House Republican leader William Lambreth. Wah, wah. Governor Lee also re- is he running for re-election? Hmm. Governor Lee also responded to the letter by saying, "Oh, somebody wrote it for him. Let's have a strong conversation. Let's put ideas on the table." Well, I think Justin Jones and uh, Gloria Johnson had a strong conversation, but they got bounced for it. But there they are. Well, he she didn't. He did. Even though the governor's stance is clearly in opposition to his own political party, is it? Is it really? I think it is. He still seems quite confident that by the time August rolls around, Republican legislatures will side with him or at the very least compromise. Want to bet? He's a lame duck. Ultimately, it seems the governor will continue to push his emergency relief protection order proposal as long as he can, even though many Republicans recognize it as a red flag law. But we're not allowed to call it that, just like we're not allowed to call it toll lanes. We're supposed to call those choice lanes, but you don't have a choice because if you're going to drive on the road, you got to be on it. I guess you have a choice to fly over it or not, or walk. Yeah, that'd be good. Good for your health, good for the environment. And um, what else did I want to say about that? Oh, um, they have a pretty good proposal, Governor Lee, what, $250,000, million dollars? I don't know. Money gets thrown around so often to put SRO officers in every school. That's great. The Covenant School didn't have one. Maybe they could have stopped some of that carnage, but no not good enough for the Joneses and the Pearsons of the world, the two worst counties in the whole state. If you took out Nashville and Memphis from the crime statistics from the FBI, Tennessee is the safest place on earth, literally. So why are those two in the super minority able to affect this type of change from Governor Bill Lee, who's not even gonna be around in the future in government to deal with this? Your guess is as good as mine, friends but you're not allowed to vote in Williamson County for him if you're not a true blue Republican for the last 2,000 years. Some believe Lee's ERPO will end up gaining enough traction to pass in the Senate since Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally has made his stance quite clear. Yeah, his stance. (laughs) I won't go there. McNally said, I support the governor, and I think his proposal was on target. In other words, thank you, Governor, for not exposing me as some kind of wacko and letting me continue to say stuff out loud. Luckily, on the House side of things, Rep. Ritchie seems determined to fight Governor Lee's proposal, especially after hearing from his constituents on the matter. Yes, he's from Blunt County. He has to travel a long way into the heat of summer to vote no on this. Uh, if it even happens, hopefully the legislature will come to their senses and say, yeah, never mind, because three radical Democrats should really not affect any kind of change in a state that overwhelmingly went for Republicans even if they don't act like it. Uh, literally, all three of them could hightail it to the Nevada, hide out with the labor friends and avoid a vote. And Republicans will still have quorum and could do anything they want without them. I even said, Jack Johnson was on my show. I literally said those words. And he said, yeah, we're not going to compromise with them on anything. Okay, well, how about our right to uh, bear arms, which is uh, an inalienable right to self-defense? Leave it alone, guys. You're going to regret it if you don't. Democrats were the majority in the state not that long ago. Richie said, uh, man, I I think I my rant was longer than this article. Richie said, I got contacted by a bunch of folks there in my district saying that this is completely uncalled for. Then when you look at the financial impact on Tennesseans when it comes to taxpayer dollars to hold this special session, it's ridiculous. It is. And if they put the gun stores out of business, I don't know if you know this, but in bankruptcy, the state gets the records and there's the list that they've always wanted for who owns guns. I mean, in Tennessee, everybody does anyway, but if the model is followed in other states, not good. End up like my old state of Washington, where they will go door to door. All right. Next story. Ment- is this the last one? Or am I still- Oh, I'm doing good. I'm not actually doing good. Mental health of Tennessee children getting worse, says report. Oh, this is a sad one. I just did a report on this on my own show. New report says that the mental health of children in Tennessee and all across America is getting worse. Shouldn't it be getting better after COVID? Shouldn't we have learned some lessons? A variety of factors may be to blame. I'm looking at you, Jason, like you're going to answer me. I know it's silent over there. A variety of factors may be to blame, including the repercussions that came from schools being closed during the pandemic and access to social media or the fear of dying in a hail of bullets. That could bum you out. This report states that while weekly emergency department visits for mental health conditions, suicide concerns, and drug overdoses prescription drugs have decreased since fall of 2021 no those have increased among 12 to 17 year olds as of fall as of last fall weekly visits for these concerns were at or higher than the pre-pandemic baseline among females in that age group again dollar per hour is what the psychiatrist charged this see actually 50 minutes the 50 minute hour if you ever heard of that google it this cdc report no don't google it duck duck go it or like i do brave we don't want to give clicks to Those fascists. The CDC report says that nearly three in five of American teen girls felt, quote, persistently sad or hopeless. Teen girls, sad or hopeless. Has there ever been a woman born alive that actually identifies as one that hasn't felt those in the teenage years? I mean, I'm a guy and I could still have empathy. I remember those are tough years. You don't have to pop pills for it. In 2021, an increase of nearly 60% over the past decade and the highest level reported in the same time period. The Vanderbilt Center for Children Health Policy, as if they know anything about kids, polled parents last fall on a variety of topics related to their children. Obviously, these are not staffed by people with killed kids or they wouldn't have had to bother with that. Published this month, the poll found that one in three parents have a child diagnosed with a mental health condition, and their child's mental health, including risk of suicide, was number two out of five top concerns their parents had. Well, I wouldn't put that in the top 1%. I don't want my child to commit suicide. The good news is they don't want to. It's just a thing. You know, there used to be 15 diagnosed uh, mental illnesses uh, in the official book that came out of um, the pediatric uh, um, health industry, and now there's over 500. They're making stuff up. Oh, your nose itches. You might be a boy. We better put you on drugs for life. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy issued, is he still there? Issued an advisory last week that states that, I miss C. Everett Coop. At least that guy had some personality with the funny beard. Vivek Murthy, who's that? Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. We may have to one day. Issued an advisory last week that states that children and teens who spend more than three hours a day on social media, sadly, they probably spend 20 hours a day, Double the risk of mental health issues, including depression and anxiety. There you go. Got to love that TikTok. On average, a typical teen spends at least three and a half hours a day on social media. A typical teen. Okay, like Lake Wobegon. Everyone's average except the ones that are average. We're talking six, nine, 12 on social media. And then if you count the school-issued homework that's online with the clickbait that comes up that isn't filtered Three hours is a joke. You can't even watch a good movie under three hours. CDC division of and you certainly can't binge uh, Ozark. CDC division of adolescent and school health director Kathleen Ether PhD said young people are experiencing a level of distress that calls on us to act with urgency and compassion. Ether believes the solution is to put the right programs and services in place in schools. Well, that's the first thing I've heard. That's true. The problem is we just got rid of Schwinn and now we got this new three named lady. I don't even know from Texas used to work with Schwinn. So it's the same old boss as the old boss. She's not going to do that. So that's nice that you told us that we should change some stuff, but it ain't going to happen. At least not in Tennessee during the lat, it should have, if she, he would have hired, if Lee would have got somebody right here from Tennessee, even Jason Vaughn could do a better job. So that's just ridiculous. During the last session of the Tennessee General Assembly, the Youth Mental Health Safety Act, which would have protected children by blocking harmful content on electric devices issued by the school, was deferred until next year's session. Oh, well, plenty of time to binge um, Arrested Development and the rest between now and then. Next story. I don't have any paper to throw. $120 120 million of public funds could be used for Nashville Fairground Speedway rebuild. Oh, good. We need $120 million for cars to go round and round in a circle, but we don't have it to make sure that we have a filter on the school issued devices so the kids don't look at porn all day for nine hours and not be depressed. The Nashville Fairground Speedway constructed construction still has no final price tag. Oh, it'll go up, but legislation filed for a first reading from Nashville's Metropolitan Council which gets cut in half in 2099 potential on July 6th shows 120 million in public funding could be used for the project. Not enough for the Republican national convention, but enough for a track that plan already includes 34 million split evenly between the state of Tennessee. That's you over there in that Knoxville and Chattanooga. You're paying for it, even though you may never see it and a hotel tax. Oh good. The out-of-staters get to pay. From Nashville's Convention and Visitor Corporations, while the documents filed with Metro Council indicate that $86 million in Nashville Sports Authority bonds will be used for the project. Why don't they just take it out of the sports gambling? They're making it hand over fist. The whole reason why we have such a flush A-plus rating is because the sports gambling revenue. Use that. But no, those people will be at the track. It will cost an estimated $177.5 million to pay off the bonds over the 30 years leased at a 5.31% interest rate. Couldn't have done it five years ago when the interest rate was one? Guess not. With $6 million to $7 million in annual debt service, also not going to the kids. Using a tax capture that includes ticket tax, rent for Bristol Motor Speedway, a sales tax capture, 5% revenue share, an annual $650,000 payment from the CVC and revenue from advertising and sponsors. Oh, you forgot to talk about the convenience fee that Live Nation or whoever gets the contract is going to get to add on to their bottom line. Bet you there's a lobbyist up in Nashville for that. The deal would build a new 30,000 seat grandstand. Oh, good. Hope it has a nice big screen so those tires don't come out, take people out. Track and surrounding structures at the speedway with the plan of bringing a NASCAR race to the stadium. Well, I guess that's fun. The new track will be run by Bristol Motor Speedway. Let's hope that the uh, surrounding neighborhood doesn't complain about the noise because those cars are not exactly Priuses. As part of the deal, Bristol will keep all proceeds from its four main race weekends. Man, I hope gas prices start coming back down and the pollution is going to be amazing. All right. Council member Bob Mendez posted a thread regard. You ever notice they really love Twitter as a way of getting their policies across kind of funny how Tennessee is so (laughs) interested in their social media council member, Bob Mendez posted a thread regarding the documents related to the proposal, which has not been published publicly pointing out somebody leaked it pointing out that the legislation allows Bristol motor speedway to walk away from the deal after a final price tag is known. That's exactly what happened to Candlestick Park in San Francisco. They built it, they used it, they closed it, they moved it on, and the money was all spent. Despite the public costs already sunk into the proposal. Ah, thanks for sticking with me if you have. I don't know why you would, but that's your big seven stories of the week. Guys, if you like what the Tennessee Conservative does and you want them to keep it all going, go to the TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit the red support button. I think it's Red. And don't forget to look for the Tennessee Conservative Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, probably the same place you see your Mill Creek View, Tennessee podcast, and leave us both a five-star review. Even if you didn't like it, just leave a five-star review. The IRS isn't going to check. And thanks, guys, and have a great
1: weekend.